Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, today we are continuing on with the series that we've been doing, primarily so far on the Psalms, but we've also said that we want to uh, highlight some Proverbs as well. And uh, today we're going to uh, at least switch for today. We'll see what inspires us next week, but do the book of Proverbs. And I'm wanting to focus on... Uh, a verse that I see every day in the bathroom upstairs because we have a plaque up there or a painting or a picture uh, that has this verse on it. And it's basically a picture of a father walking with his son holding his hand and the son is looking up at his father like with questions. And the verse is, train uh, a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not turn from it or depart from it. I've seen in other translations. So train up a child in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you, of course, are referencing Proverb 22, verse 6. Verse 6, that's right. Now, by the way, um, I was noticing again today when I was reading through some of the Proverbs that, you know, unlike some of the other uh, books in the Bible where there is, you know, maybe an ongoing theme in the chapter or the the verses are kind of related to one another. They they build upon each other. Even even the Psalms, you could say that that is true. But uh, with the Proverbs, it's just kind of a, a kind of a shotgun approach. I mean, uh, there's what 16 verses here, and uh, as far as I can tell, you know, aside from being you know, general wisdom, there's really no connection between them. Later on in the chapter, there's a verse about avoiding adulteresses. Uh, So, you know, uh, I suppose that could be related to this one if you're going to train up a child. And by the way, I think we should say, even though the Bible's language is, you know, more masculine uh, in nature, I, I think this verse applies to both sons and daughters. Train up a child in the way he or she should go and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Wise wisdom for all of us, really, especially when you consider, uh, you know, our main audience dealing with the sins of the father. You know, right. and uh, you were talking about uh, uh, meeting with a client who has his heart set upon reversing that trend that he's experienced. Well, we were uh, talking about a very common story that I hear all the time, and that uh, that story is. Uh, my father, or mother for that matter, but my father uh, never came and talked to me about sexuality. As a matter of fact, this was a very highly conservative Christian home, and uh, when sexual education was presented in school, the parents sent a special request or a letter to the principal that uh, I be excluded from that because they didn't want me Uh, taught purely secular things about it. So, you know, as a result, you know, I got no uh, sexual information. And uh, it was at age uh, 12 that I started looking at pornography. And some of that was just uh, purely uh, curiosity. uh, Because he had been told nothing about it. He had been told nothing about it. He had no idea what 
where the differences between uh, males and females. Uh, so, you know, you have to say that it wasn't just a completely sexually purient uh, interest that drove him toward that. It was uh, a very legitimate need to know about the whole uh, dynamic of sexuality. And, and I think that, that goes hand in hand with puberty, yeah, uh, you know, right. that entire stage of life. And I know having been a young boy, I mean, those mm-hmm. are, uh, yeah. I, I vividly recall that era and uh, not having, um, you know, not having a specific educational opportunity to be fully informed. That's right. So uh, this guy said also, uh, uh, and I thought it was interesting, it's almost kind of funny if you think about it just on the surface of it, but his, the father, uh, I guess, came to him when he was 12 or 13 and said, your body is about to go through some, some physical changes and there will be some emotional changes. Uh, if you have any questions, come and ask me about them, but otherwise... I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Good luck to you. See, you laughed too. Yeah. I did. But it's like, uh-huh. basically, uh, yes, I mean, you're going to go through it. And when you come through it on the other side of it, uh, in other words, you complete puberty, then come and see me. So It's all a part of the process of, right. of maturing, right? That's right. And, it, you know, there's some things that, uh, you know, our body goes through in terms of changes. And uh, I think unless we know that they're normal... Uh, it, it can be rather frightening. So yeah, traumatic. And think about it for girls too. You know that uh, I think most mothers, at some level, you know, prepare their daughters for menstruation. But on the other hand, uh, we've certainly heard situations where my favorite has always been. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Um, the wife, who was a girl, and her mother uh, uh, put a book. Uh, in her underwear drawer, and uh, also put uh, the supplies necessary for taking care of menstruation. So I guess the mother was figuring that, you know, when she needed a new pair of underwear for obvious reasons, uh, she would, uh, in other words, she started menstruating, uh, she would find the materials and the book in there. And there was a chapter in the book about menstruation, and that was the only chapter that was left open. Otherwise, the mother had stapled shut all the other chapters. <laughs> Things you don't need to know. Yeah, this is, the, you know, intercourse or, you know, the biology of sexuality. that were not to be known. Just, you know, here's what you need, you know, to get through this. But, you know, the, the mother never talked to her about it, how normal it was, you know, and those kinds of things. So we've heard hundreds of stories of kids that were basically neglected of uh, any kind of healthy information. If, you know, parents don't take the responsibility to educate their kids, then, you know, some of the kids will, in fact, get sex education at school. And, you know, while it's probably accurate biological information, there's certainly nothing uh, necessarily spiritual about it or, you know, some idea of God's plan for healthy sexuality. So I guess, you know, for those of you that are listening and I know some of you are listening as couples, some of you are listening as a small group. I would just encourage you to share with somebody uh, what your own experience was of uh, sexual education. Right. And I think we can have a lot of fun talking about it if we realize that, you know, the lack of information uh, was fairly normal. Uh, 
We certainly didn't get it at church either. Most of us picked up stuff, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, in conversation with our friends, or we did, in fact, encounter pornography early on. And like the old joke talks about, we did, in fact, read some of the articles, uh, not just looked at the pictures because we were, you know, pretty desperate for information. Well, like you said, that it could be a, a rather humorous exercise there because um, you and I are of the age group that when you go back, uh, my first eight years of uh, elementary school, uh, grade one through eight was in a Catholic. It was in a parochial, parochial school. school. Yeah. And so uh, somehow the... Um, the assistant pastor, the uh, priest uh, at mm-hmm. at the church, um, somehow got the uh, the the task of sitting down uh, with only the they, they separated the boys from the only girls. The boys, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so he was speaking to the boys, and one of the nuns was speaking to the girls, and they uh, they designated one day in which we got our sex education all in one day. So you had a priest, and the girls had a nun. Yeah. And celibates yes so there's there's nothing quite like like having a priest tell you all you need to know about sex sex yeah sexuality. yeah well yeah. you know uh there are so many stories like that you know uh it's not particularly unique to the catholic church that's for sure uh i remember my dad who was the pastor of my church and ran the youth groups uh he brought in one day um the local family practice doctor, and the doctor brought his nurse. So it was exactly like your situation. The doctor took the boys out into the great hall or the big hall, and the nurse took the girls into a Sunday school room that had uh, windows in it, but the windows had been papered with a newspaper, so we couldn't see in there. We could hear the fact that there was a some kind of a motion picture going on in there. And uh, uh, I've been, you know, asking and, you know, I asked Debbie, uh, you know, what... (laughs) Nobody ever showed you that film? Yeah, and I've never seen the film. (laughs) And uh, she says she assumes that it was probably about uh, menstruation, childbirth. Biological side of it. Yeah, childbirth. And maybe they actually showed a childbirth, which they assumed would be too... Uh, tough, I suppose, for the for the boys to watch. Now, on the other hand, out in the Great Hall, the, the physician had uh, one of those old carousel projectors. And uh, what he had was slides of, you know, men uh, or boys or whatever that had sexually transmitted diseases. So, sure, they're trying to scare you straight. Yeah, they were trying to scare us straight. You know, you, you generally felt like if you even thought about sex, uh, something was going to fall off. So we both, I, I think, all of us came out of there that night, you know, traumatized. Just, well, somewhat traumatized. Yeah, I yeah. mean, these pictures of the STDs were not pretty to look at. No. Um, well, how the girls were traumatized by seeing a childbirth or whatever it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. And of course, uh, none of us, boys and girls, you know, uh, were talking about it. So uh, we just kind of had an underlying uh, awareness that, uh, at least I know I did that whatever sexuality was all about, you know, I wasn't supposed to do it. And the worst thing in the world, possibly, uh, was to get somebody pregnant. Right, right. So, you know, eventually later on, when I got into senior high school, there was, you know, sex education about birth control, which I guess is why some of the Christian parents didn't want some of their kids to go to that. But, 
you know, all that consisted of for the boys was <clears throat> make sure you put your condom on straight. Yeah, you know, right. Something like that. Yeah. So uh, we could go on with these stories. Well, I, <laughs> I, think, I think at this point it's the perfect time to take a break. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and when we come back, we can continue uh, the conversation as we explore Proverbs 22, verse 6. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week uh, is kind of a follow-up on one that we had a couple weeks ago, and that was all the publicity that's going on uh, currently about the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and the other men who have now been also accused of various things. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, there was a, a new piece that came uh, along about Kevin Spacey uh, abusing a 14-year-old boy. Uh, so this kind of information, it's like a lot of victims are uh, coming forward now because they're they're feeling emboldened because of other women and also in this one case uh, a man coming forward and talking about it. Now, I think, you know, it's well and good for us to have an awareness of what is, you know, completely inappropriate. I mean, there's no excuse for, you know, sexual harassment or abuse. But what I was noticing last night during the World Series, uh, and this kind of dates when we're recording this broadcast, for those of you that are keen on this, uh, the series is tied 3-3, three to three, so we're looking for Game 7 tonight. But... I was just noticing the amount of ads, and we've talked about, you know, sexually seductive ads before, um, but it was kind of interesting to me, in light of the news that had been on earlier about some of these new allegations, there was one particular commercial that was quite sexually provocative. The women in it were posed in highly seductive lingerie, and uh, the women were kind of looking uh, like they had... uh, a pretty profound uh, sexual appetite. So now I, I want to make sure I'm clear. You know, I'm not ever wanting to blame anybody else. You know, for why a man would do, you know, inappropriate behavior like that. You're but not making excuses. I'm not making excuses. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't think we can have it in our culture both ways. If if we say that we need to respect women and uh, respect their bodies, their boundaries, their privacy. Then I think we also cannot 
be portraying women as being these uh, highly uh, sexually charged individuals. So, Exploitation. Yeah. You see where the, uh, it seems to me, you see where the exploitation is coming from. So, and it's kind of my ongoing crusade, uh, both within and without the church, uh, about the whole theme of uh, modesty and, you know, that kind of thing. So with that, I think we could segue back to our verse, which is, if you just segue back from what I just said, uh, if we're training up children uh, in the way that they should go, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. What are we teaching them about things like dressing appropriately? Uh, And I've complained on this show a number of times about how even at church, there seems to me to be, you know, a whole lot of uh, uh, individuals who are not dressed appropriately. And, you know, very seductive, you know, low-cut dresses, uh, short skirts, uh, Spanx, is it? Or I, I don't know. You, you look at me and say Spanx. I don't know. I, I have ceased to wear any of those items. So Well, I, did you ever? <laughs> no, I, no, yeah. no, that's, that's a chapter I'd like to leave behind me. Robin Hood, men in tights uh, that's or something. Like, <laughs> but uh, I don't care. You know, the articles of clothing change and uh, and all of that, but I basically think that one of the things we should be training kids up to is to be respectful of their own body, modest at some level about their own body, uh, and uh, respectful of uh, you know other people's boundaries. So uh, that's one of the important lessons I think that we have to teach. Well, all right. Why don't we return our listeners then to our discussion today as we're taking a look at Proverb twenty-two six. Well, 22.6, I think um, the, the, the main thing about it is that I do think, and this guy this morning that I've already described, you know, uh, having, you know, no conversation with his father, you know, he was saying that one of his great motivations for wanting to get sober and stay sober for the rest of his life is that he would like to uh, do healthy things in terms of his own children um, that uh, were not available to him. And so we, of course, think back as we do frequently on the uh, scripture passage, like in Exodus 20, it's one of the places it shows up, uh, that the sins of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation. So one of the things we try to encourage our men about is that uh, they are called, I believe, uh, to be uh, cycle breakers. They are called to break uh, the intergenerational curse. And, uh, you know, if they uh, decide uh, to get uh, sexually pure, uh, then they are basically breaking that cycle that has been uh, handed down, passed down to them. Uh, most of the men that I work with can trace addiction or sexual sin back in their families three or four ge- generations. So uh, we see how this operates. Uh, what I am saying, though, is that I, I, as I saw this young man today, and he was fairly young, he was in his late 20s, he, he, he kind of broke into tears as he was thinking about what he wanted his son and his two daughters to know, you know, and uh, uh, what example, you know, he wanted to provide to them. And uh, he knew that if he continued to look at pornography, uh, and do some other things that, you know, that's just a terrible example. And, you know, if he's at all accessing it on the home computers, 
you know, what kid isn't sophisticated enough these days, you know, to find that kind of stuff. So uh, I just think uh, as we're searching for um, motivations to be sexually sober, reversing the curse, reversing the cycle, you know, that's one of our greatest motivations. Well, it sounds to me like he has discovered as he has shifted his focus to being a good example for his children, as he concentrates on his children, I would think that his own acting out just quadruples the shame and and, and guilt. As he thinks of his Mm -hmm. youngsters, you know, then then he reflects on what he's been doing and uh, as if it is not already uh, shameful enough uh, with the men that, that... that we work with, um, mm-hmm. it, it just must really intensify that guilt. Well, yeah, I do think that one of the things I hear all the time from the men is that I am not qualified, I am not worthy, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a bad and worthless person, so, you know, I, I'm not going to talk to my kids because uh, I'm such a terrible example myself. And I would like to just say and confront the lie directly that that is uh, a lie from the devil himself. Uh, A lot of parents ask me, you know, it's one of our most frequently asked questions, you know, what can we do to help prevent our kids from getting involved with internet pornography or other sexual activities? And uh, to me, uh, the, the most basic answer to that is that we talk to them, Uh, not just once, not just a, you know, a one-time sit down, here's, all the facts, um, but we have ongoing conversations with them. Whenever the opportunity arises uh, about stuff going on at school or stuff they've heard on the playground or stuff that we're sitting as a family watching TV and we see one of these totally inappropriate ads uh, come on the TV, that you know, we're capable of having a conversation about it. Let that be a teaching moment. If you're both sitting there watching the same show, you know, point out its inappropriateness and why it's inappropriate. Yeah, that's right. The other day I was driving around uh, with uh, my four grandchildren, and, uh, you know, one of them is, uh, uh, what is he, 11. And uh, so we were listening to a radio station that they wanted to listen to, and uh, at some point, uh, there were some lyrics that came on that I thought were just very sexually suggestive. And uh, I simply said uh, to all of them, is this something you want to be listening to? And uh, my grandson, Devin, said, no, Grandpa, why don't you turn that off? That is completely inappropriate. And I said, this is a young boy whose parents are talking to him about you know, sexuality in an ongoing way. And He's beginning to get that sense of, you know, what is inappropriate. Um, I think if we teach that to the kids just through normal, daily conversations about it, I really do think that's the most preventive thing we can possibly do. If I look at all the men that come through here, the thousands of men that have come through here, I can tell you, you know, uh, without almost any exception, none of them had conversation around sexuality growing up. Um, the ones that are becoming the good fathers and mothers out there, they are the ones, despite whatever shame they have or whatever history they have, they still know that they are called as mothers and fathers to train up their children uh, in the ways that they should go. And when it comes to sexuality, I think 
we have an obligation to teach them God's plan for healthy sexuality. And that's uh, basically that, you know, sex is to be the expression of the spiritual and emotional connection between a husband and a wife. Uh, I've taught about that before in the show. I don't want to go back into it, but I think, you know, the kids don't want to just hear what they're not supposed to do. There's, they, they want to hear uh, how they're supposed to think about sexuality in a totally healthy way. Right. There's a very positive right. uh, side to that conversation, that right? and they That's deserve right. to, to get the full picture. Yeah. So um, as we wrap up this show then, Mark, uh, and uh, thank you for sharing this this proverb with our listeners today, how, how would you like to uh, leave our listeners? Well, I think one of the things that's true about the program that we all work is that it's an accountability program. And so if any of you out there listening are wanting to make a commitment to talk to your kids or, you know, have conversations with them about sexuality, you might also ask your accountability partners uh, to remind you to do it. Or you might have a conversation at one of your groups, uh, among all the fathers or all the mothers, uh, when you were faced with this, how did you do it? Uh, can we share some good ideas? You know, that kind of thing. Can we share any books that we found helpful in terms of information? So it's in community uh, with other men, with other women, that I think we uh, are held accountable to practice this proverb. You know, uh, we, we need to be held accountable to training our children up in the way they should go. And if you are hearing this message today and are longing for a resource to help you in this conversation, we invite you to visit our website, faithfulandtrue.com. Go to the store, and in the books, you'll find a book that Mark wrote several years ago about talking to your kids about sex. And this could be a very powerful um, guide for you in helping you have those conversations with your children. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank you for listening to us today, and we hope that this coming week will be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.